Did you make it? Oh, my gosh. We brought everything but the kitchen sink on the stage today. How you doing? What's up, Marathon? You looking good today? What's up, Greenville Campus? Hope you're doing well. Welcome to those watching online. We're so good you're with us today. What a fun day, right? Rainy and cold, but you made it. You're all going to heaven. I'm kidding. Some of you. Well, it is a good day. I am so glad to be here. I am Brian. Can't even say my own name. I am Brian Cox, one of the pastors here, and we're going to continue our series, Relationship Rehab. I know you're excited about that, right? Yes. yes. Can I hear a good yes? Well, yes. we're going to get you there in a minute. Well, I am, I'm really excited about it because I've been working on my relationships, okay, and really trying hard to figure out what their problem is. You know, they're the ones with the problem. Haven't you figured that out? We learned that last week that, well, I learned my wife is always right. Amen to that. But we're going to learn, you know, how do, we, how do we deal with relationships? How do we deal with those difficult relationships? And I want to, I'm going to give you a quick story here and, um, that might help you in some ways. I love to play golf. Okay, any golfers out there? Man, we need more of you. Okay. Well, I do. I love to do it. It's fun. I play with my friend Paul right here. I, I beat you all the time. I'm praying for you. But no, I really love playing. And, and I got my daughter, Cassie, playing a few years ago. And she started playing for the school, for Powdersville School. Now, I don't know if you know, but it's really difficult sport, especially in tournaments, because it's different in a tournament. You, you got to play by the rules. You Okay. <laughs> You can't cheat. So I remember one of her first tournaments we went to, and I'm this, I'm this dad parent, you know. I'm like, keep your head down. Look, don't, no, keep your head down. Stand straight. I'm just like helping her, coaching her, and she's like, just leave me alone. And I remember we got out there, and this is one of our first years doing this, so we're, we just don't understand. And, and they have to keep their own score, okay? It's up to them to keep their own score, and up to them to keep their opponent's score so they can't cheat. So I remember Cassidy was doing that, and they got into the, of the hole, and, and I noticed the parent was telling her the score. The other, the opponent's parent was telling her the score. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> and I'm about to get off the golf court, and, uh, golf cart, and I'm about to give her a piece of my mind and Cassidy handled it good and then Coach P I don't know if you know Coach P from Powdersville she's awesome she's an incredible lady if you're watching I love you so much and she went over there to that lady and said you need to get away you need to go away you don't need to speak to her and I was so happy about that well Cassidy's already upset she's already you know it's so frustrating and tense and all this and I'm just trying to cheer her on from, if she hits a bad shot I just don't look at her You know, because she's looking right at me. And this particular day, she went to the next hole. She had a great drive down the fairway, rolled over and went behind a tree. You can't move it. This isn't like your golf, Paul, or my golf. We can't just, we can't do that. You have to play it where it is. I'm like, there's nothing I can do for her. You know, I'm helpless. I cannot help her. 
So she walks up there, and, and these people that are already been giving us issues, they're over there grinning because they're, you know, I, mm, anyway. You know when you get mad? You know the only time I really get mad is when you mess with my children. Can you hear it in my voice? I'm coming after you. Mm, okay, I'm sorry. But she stood up there, and there's a tree right there. Gave it all she got. I'm like, oh, God. She hit that ball. It smacked the tree in the middle came back and popped her in the gut. And she's like, oh. And I'm like, oh, crap. Sorry. Be okay. I mean, and she's just looking at me like, why did you do this to me? This is your fault. She had a bruise for three weeks. And I couldn't do anything about it. Really punched her in the gut hard. But this is why I was so proud of my daughter. She just looked at all those people and went, Took that, knocked it down the fairway. She finished with a 10, but it didn't matter to me. She moved forward. She went on down the road, regardless of the pain, regardless of being punched in the gut. She, I was so proud of her. She was the mature person that day. I was not. Is that me doing that noise? Is it? I'm just dancing with the static, boys. <laughs> but no, I say that. Um, I love my children. I don't want to see people hurt. I love my church. I love most of you in this room. I love you all. But most of us, all of us, really, have been punched in the gut somewhere, right? We've been hit with life really hard. It may be a relationship. It may be in your family. It may be at work. A co-worker, you just can't stand to be around. A parent at school, a teacher at school, it may be something that's punched you in the gut. And this is why we're here. We're trying to figure it out. And I asked this question last week. I said, is there a relationship in your life that needs repair? Is there? Most definitely. I would say most of us have a relationship that needs to be fixed or repaired or at least move in that direction of reconciliation. We talked about that. Um, I'm going to go back up here. And I just go over a couple of things that we tried last week. You remember the prayer we had last week? Heavenly Father, help me see them the way you see them. Heavenly Father, help me feel toward them the way you feel toward them. Did you try that this week? If you haven't, try it. It will change your life. It's a game changer because it's a heart changer. If you do that, I've done that. It helps me get through those times. Um, everybody say rehab with me. Just say it. Rehab. Do you want to get rehab today? Do you want it today? You've been punched. You're hurting. You don't know what to do. Do you want it today? Do you want to fix your relationship today? I do. I want to help you do that. And we're going to have some fun doing it, okay? I'm just going to go over a couple of things. How do we try to fix relationships right now? We call it the C4 approach. You know, where we, you know what C4 is? The most powerful plastic explosive on the planet. And we use this approach. We call it the C4. Andy Stanley came up with this. First C is we try to convince them. 
We try to convince them that I am right, you are wrong. If you just see things my way, we would win, right? And if we convince them, maybe we'll convict them. Maybe they'll get convicted. Maybe I can send them a prayer email or quote on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok, whatever your social preference, to let them see how they treated me. Maybe it will change them. Third C, maybe we'll coerce them, we'll force them. I'm not going to allow my kids to come to your house until you do this. I'm not going to let you do this. I'm not going to let you treat me this way. This is the way it's going to be, and you set your foot down. You tried that before? Yeah. This is the good one, control. Everybody say control. You don't like that, do you? You don't like being controlled. I don't. Don't tell me what to do. Who do you think you are? You're not Jesus. You know, we get that attitude. We try to control people, and that's how we try to help our relationships. And what really happens when we do that, here's what happens. Tick, 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 boom. That's what happens. It blows up in our face. You cannot get anywhere with the C4 approach. You can't. Have you tried it this week? All of you should raise your hand because you have tried it this week because we've been either raised that way or we see it on TV or we, we, whatever, we read it somewhere. This is how you, you ain't going to mess with me. I'm going to stand up for myself. That's what I'm going to do. And it doesn't work. It never works. It blows up. So how do we find biblical reconciliation? How does that happen? Basically, reconciliation means, in the Bible, to repair and restore the relationship. Oh, my goodness, you're kidding me. Yes, that's what it means, to restore the relationship. You know, God did it first. He came to us first, right? He, did, he wasn't content just to forgive you. He did more than just forgive you. He came to earth as a man and gave his life on a cross to reconcile you and me to him. That's what he did for you and me. We called it the two beams. Jesus reconciled us to him this way. Then he calls us to reconcile others to him. That's your role today. This is why you should be ready and willing to rehab your relationships because you are called. As Christians, I'm speaking to you Christians, you Christians at Greenville. I know there's more over there. They like that. I can hear you. There, that is our job. That's why it's important that you understand your relationships matter so much. Not just to you, but to those around you. It plays a huge part in what God wants to do in this world in this crazy, messed up world where you can't even breathe without being offended, it seems. We need to show them the love of Jesus, right? We need to show them the love of God, and one way to do that is with reconciliation, understanding what God did for you. In fact, as 1 Corinthians says it this way, God uses us, you, me, you, Greenville, all of you listening, to persuade men and women to drop their differences and enter into God's work of making things right between them. That is our goal. 
That is what we need to try to strive for. Some of you today are going to be challenged with this vertical reconciliation that you need to get right with God today. Maybe you need to get that right today. Because I know this, without that, you cannot be right with people. If you're not right with God, if you don't have that peace, that love that comes only from God, you can't love people. I can't love you on my own. I need Jesus to help me love you. So I'm going to help you do that today. And what it takes really for you to think about as we go through this today is that mental pivot you're going to need to make. You know what repentance means? It means to turn. It means to turn and go the other way. Some of you need to do that. We need to make a decision to do that. Well, instead of getting back at them, like we talked about last week, instead of getting back at them pursuing punishment, let's pursue peace today, okay? Let's pursue peace in our relationships. Instead of getting back at them, Let's get back to them. We talked about folding your arms last week. Everybody like this in the room right now? Anybody like this right now in the room? Oh, I see you. Yeah, I see you by there. Yeah, it's okay. I'm not judging. But a lot of us, when we talk about these relationships and we talk about reconciliation and we talk about restoration, you can see I'm already getting tired. I don't want to do that. Please. Shut up, Brian. I don't want to talk about it. And that's, that's... we don't want to we don't want to change it we don't want to move toward it because it's hard and i get that reconciliation is hard but necessary so what we want to do is unfold our arms okay so we can get back to them now we're going to have a counseling session today with jesus i'm not jesus but i'm going to pretend to be him is that okay I guess you figured that out, that I'm not Jesus. Um, but before I do that, I just want to press the pause button real quick because I had some questions last week about reconciliation. I have some people come to me that have been through some serious uh, relationship issues. Some were molested. Some were beaten in their marriage, mentally tortured, abused. And I want to say this. Just so you understand, I'm not saying that that's reconciliation should be even be happening there. That could be dangerous for some. I'm not saying that. Now, I'm saying this. Maybe you need to ask God to help you to forgive them so you can move on. But reconciliation is probably not a good, good idea in those situations. You with me? So we need, we, I just want you to get that today. What we're talking about is those relationships you have that doesn't cause you serious harm by reconciling okay say unpause okay so we're gonna have a little counseling session with jesus okay and i want you to think about that person right now think about that person in your life that we talked about that one person when it that comes to your mind that you need to repair this relationship think about that who is that who is that person what's that face Think about that. Okay, now Jesus is bringing you in to a counseling session. Okay, he's bringing you in. He's setting you down right here. He's having a conversation. Okay, and you're like, hey, Jesus, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Doing all right? Yeah. Yeah, you have a little conversation. Then Jesus just kind of messes things up. 
okay? And he, he leans up and he asks you a question. He just said, I got a question for you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? And you're like, all right, hold on. What are you talking about? What? Why, why are you coming at me, Jesus? Why, why are you coming at me? You know I've been through a lot. You know I'm hurt. I've been punched in the gut so much. I'm, why, you, why do you want to do this? Just let it go. And Jesus is like, mm. No, I'm kind of curious. Can you tell me why did you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye? Why do you do that? Make it personal for you out there. Why do you look at that situation or that person, your brother, your father, your mom or dad, that person at work, that friend at school? Why do you look at them? Why are you looking at what they have in their eye? Why are you doing that? And Jesus goes on to say, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye, that little itty-bitty thing, and pay no attention to the plank in your eye. Why do you focus on what they did? And you say, well, Jesus, did you miss what happened to me? Did you miss it? Did you not see how they treated me? I got fired for no good reason. They were talking about me in the corner every day I came to work, and they just keep talking about me. Did you not see that? Were you not there? Jesus, were you not there? Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, you are Jesus. I know you're perfect and everything, Jesus. I know you were there. Okay, I get it. But they, he left me. They hurt me. Do you not see my side? And Jesus, like some counselors, he just sat there. You know, some counselors, they don't say anything. They just want you to keep talking. Do you understand the truth? And then Jesus asked another question. How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye? Do you really think you have the ability to take a flashlight and look in their eye and say, look at what's wrong with you, and you can actually help them and fix them? Do you, do you believe you can do that? Let me ask it again. How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time, circle that, all the time, there's a plank in your own eye. See, all the time in the Greek basically means, wow, behold. How can you help them when you've got two telephone poles in your own eye? Let's put it in modern terms to help some of you people. You people, that sounded bad, didn't it? You wonderful, wonderful people. I'm thinking about Powdersville and maybe Pickens. I don't know about you, Greenville, but we could put it in kind of some fun way that might be said in our counseling session. It's like, how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when, looky there, will you? Say it a little more, look at there, will you? You got a two by four plank sitting in your eye, boy. That's what he's saying. 
And Jesus, you know, he's like, well, you hypocrite. Hypo means extra. Crete means actor. You pretender. You're kidding yourself. You think you can fix it, but you need to fix you first. It's about you first before you can fix anything. It's about you getting it right. You hypocrite. (laughs) First take the plank out of your eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. And you say this, okay, okay, Brian, okay, Jesus, I get it. I pick up what you're laying down. I, I think I understand. So maybe the moral of this story would be for you and for me to just mind your own business. Just worry about you, right? Just worry about, all right, I, I did wrong. I know I'm just going to leave it alone. And Jesus is saying, no, that's not what I'm saying, really. I'm telling you this is the first step to reconciliation. I'm trying to help you reconcile, not help you go off into your corner of self-pity and whine about what happened to you. I want you to fix this. I want you to move toward them. I want you to rehab that relationship. This is just the first step. Look at the speck in your eye. First, take the plank out of your eye. Before you can fix them, you have to be able to see clearly. You know what I'm saying? You you cannot help those who've hurt you without first looking at yourself, looking at you, looking at that speck and saying, what have I done? What is wrong? Did I do something? Did I say something? That's what Jesus is telling us. Don't be a hypocrite. And I'm going to have some fun with you, okay? I brought a pie today. Pecan. Pecan. Pecan Greenville. Pecan Powdersville. What's it going to be? Anybody got an opinion on that? Okay, yeah, all you scholars out there. Well, you know, in the, it says this, pecan, in the dictionary. Okay. I love y'all. Whatever it is, it's really good. And I've been staring at it all morning, and I want to eat it so bad, but I'm trying to do good, okay? So what I would do, what, what I've um, discovered, the, the thing is called the blame pie. And a lot of pastors I know use this in counseling. They'll draw this circle of the blame pie, and then it'll be like a husband and wife in counseling. And it, it, the pie represents the conflict. It represents that event that happened to you. It represents that thing that maybe divided you, that one thing that got in the way, that thing that was said or done, whatever it was. So this pie represents the conflict. So what I've seen happen in counseling, what they'll do, they'll ask the husband first, okay? I don't know why. We'll ask the husband first, say, Cut the slice of the pie that you think represents your portion of the problem. Okay? Cut the slice that represents your portion. So he'll kind of, he'll say, okay, I think think this might be it right here. Okay? This is it right here. Okay? Hope I don't drop this. Oh, that looks so good. 
He said, that's about it. That's what rep- that represents. Yeah, that, that's about what I got. Out of this whole pie, this is my fault. Okay? Maybe 20%. The rest of her, 80%. It's her problem. And then he asked the wife, what do you think your portion is? Oh, this is good. Watch this. She says, she takes his piece of slice and then starts cutting that one. Starts cutting that one. And she says, oh, it's about, I would think, let me trim it off a little more. Okay. I'm about to drop this. Hold on. She says, it's about that right there. That's my piece of the pie. That's, so 98% of the problem is him. 2% is me. Mm, that's so good. And you try to say, listen, listen, guys, while we're doing this, I want you to focus on your piece of the pie. Not his piece of the pie. I want you to focus on your piece of the pie. And I'm gonna... I had to fix it somehow. I'm sorry. You see what I'm saying? Focus on your piece of the pie. Not his. Yours. Well, his is like, did you see... He's 98% of the problem. I'm not talking about 98% of the problem. I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about you. Your piece of the pie. You focus on, that's what Jesus is telling you. Focus on your part. I don't care how big the problem is. I don't care if it's all their fault. You need to focus on you. You need to get to look at the speck in your eye. You need to clean that out before you can ever see clearly. You'll never see clearly. And I'll tell you this, from what I've known about this experiment, 90% of them never get it. You, they can't resist talking about the other person's problem and what they did to me. Wouldn't you say that's most of us? We have a hard time. We pretend like we got it. We can fake it really good. But we never really focus on our issues. And that's what Jesus is asking us to do. You need to focus on you. Okay? All right, hold on. Mm. Y'all just talk amongst yourselves for a minute. Um, I didn't bring a napkin out here. It's a new jacket. Um, so what is your part of the pie? What is that part in your relationship? Whatever it may be. What did you do? Well, I didn't do anything. Uh, mm, I don't know. You probably could find something. So, you know, last week we had a dangerous prayer. We talked about when you say this prayer, it will be answered. We'll have another one for you. Don't you just love that? A prayer I know it will be answered too. Okay? So get this. Heavenly Father, you're going to love it. I really, really are. Show me was where I was at fault. Everybody say that with me. Heavenly Father, show me where I was at fault. You're not very convincing. 
There's something about that, though, when we confess what we've done, when we realize what we've done. There's something miraculous that can happen in your life. And Jesus even tells us this. He says, the most mature person makes the first move. You know, Jesus made the first move. God made the first move for you. He didn't let it go. He moved. He came, and he reconciled us. Part of our issue may be that we don't, we don't want to solve it. We don't want to move because we're afraid, and I get it. We don't understand what may happen. But there may be a miracle on the other side of that relationship. I've seen it happen in my life where I thought I could never, ever, ever speak to this person again. They treated me so bad. I hated them for so long. And God showed me something. God showed me what he did in me, how he reconciled me, and how the love of Christ can change anyone, can mend anything. From firsthand experience, I went from hate to love. It was the most amazing thing in my life, and I want that for you. It's really this simple for some of you. Listen, I made a mistake. I'm sorry. I didn't hear it right or I, I overreacted or, I mean, I, did, I, I know now that I, I just, I didn't need to act that way. I, I just want you to forgive me. I just want to apologize. You always start with what's your fault. You always start with what is your fault, your slice of the pie. Look at the verse again. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your eye, and you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Jesus would say, you got a pie in your eye. I don't know if I want to get too messy, but basically, he's saying, ah, heck. He's saying, you got a pie in your eye. That's what Jesus is saying. Mm. I'm getting fat as we speak. But that's what Jesus is saying. You hear me? You've got a pie. You can't see nothing. I can't see you like that. There's no way. I cannot see. He said, you got to realize what I'm saying to you. You need to take care of you. Do you see it? Do you get what I'm laying down? Jesus is saying. It's not about them. It's about you. Get that pie out. I, I didn't know I was going to do that. <laughs> Sheila. But you know, when you throw it away and you get clear and it's gone and you, you can just see, oh yeah, now I see. Maybe there's hope for the relationship now. That's what Jesus is saying. You know, I'll tell you, it's so hard for us to do this and I'll tell you why. So on some level, I'm not judging, but I'd say 90, all of us, on some level are very self-righteous. 
we think we don't have to do anything because I didn't do anything. So, hmm. Who did Jesus, I won't say hate, who did Jesus get angry with the most? The self-righteous. He said it. You brood of vipers, you snakes, you sons of hell. That's what he called them, self-righteous. Some of us have that issue. You've got to look at your fault first. Self-righteousness is this, is self-sabotage. It will destroy your, any attempt to heal a relationship. You'll never be able to heal it with this thought. You can't do it. I've seen it happen. You try that, you know, that, I guess that uh, righteous, th- uh, forgive me, I'm sorry I did it. I'm really sorry. You'll be okay. You're not owning up to it. It pushes people away. But watch this. This is so good right here. I want you to get this. This is what most of you need, what I need, what I needed. A good look at me. A good look at my heart. God, what's wrong with me? Is it, is it, it must be them. No, 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 Brian, it's you. It's you. And, and this is right here, listen. Self-awareness unlocks the door to reconciliation. When you realize who you really are, Do you realize, I'm going to get it on with you. When you realize how much you need God in your life, how much you need forgiveness, do you realize that none of us are anything without God? We got to be self-aware. Would you rather be right or be right with God and man? It's a good question, isn't it? I'm going to tell you a story. I love history so much. I just watch it all the time, and I'm always learning from history. And I'm going to come down here and get right in your face. And I was thinking about how can I end this relationship story, a relationship series today? How can I close this service? Because I've really, I've really been at you this morning. It's been hard a little bit. I've been like, get it together. It's in your face. You've been hurt. You've been punched in the gut. Brian, you have no idea what's happened to me. I know. I want you to listen to this story. A great man, Louis Zapparini. Some of you may not know him. But he, he's, there's some movies been made about him. Movies called Unbroken. And then another was made, Unbroken Repentance, the path to repentance. And it fascinated me because we walk around with a lot of pain and a lot of hurt. We've been punched in the gut multiple times. When I read his story, when I watched his story, it really brought perspective to me. If you don't know who he was, he was an Olympic runner in 1936. He raced at the Olympic Games in Germany. And if you know what's going on in 1936 in Germany, it was not a good thing. Hitler had taken over, or about to take over, and the world was about to change. 
So he was pretty famous all around the world. So he got home, Germany invaded Poland, and he said, I'm going to serve. So he, he served on a bombardier, B-17, I believe, as a gunner. And on one mission, he was shot down, and they landed in the ocean. He was on a raft in the ocean for 47 days, can you imagine? Eating albatross or whatever, trying to survive. And finally, when they thought they got rescued, the boat, boat pulled up. It was the Japanese Navy. Yeah. And they pulled him in, put him in prison, and then they realized, oh, this is Zapparini. Oh, he's that famous runner. We'll make an example out of him. So they starved him. They beat him. Punched him in the gut. Who knows how many times he was hit and hurt. Two years in a prison of that. Then he got to come home. And he said... When you read it, he said, I tried to forget those men. I tried to forget what had happened to me. And he said, it wouldn't go away. And every night he woke up in a nightmare, screaming, thinking he's drowning, thinking he's being hit, thinking something's happening. And he, the nightmares were just constant, constant, constant. To the, to the point he was an alcoholic, he could not handle it anymore. And his wife, like, you know, an amazing wife does, she said, you need to go to church with me. And he went one time. Oh, I don't know. Then Billy Graham came to town, 1949. He walked in there, and something happened to him that day. He met Jesus. He got this right. He got his relationship right with Jesus, and he accepted Christ that day. From what I know, they were friends their entire lives, him and Billy Graham. But, you know, that's not the most amazing part of the story. Awesome. He found Christ. That is amazing. In a crusade, we've heard that a lot, right? We hear that all the time. Thousands of people finding Christ. That is amazing. That is a miracle. But the miracle came after that. I would say two miracles. One was... He never had a nightmare ever again the rest of his life. Completely gone. Over. And then he got into thinking. He got involved in church. He started trying to figure out his life. How can I move on? And he said, I know I need to forgive those men that did this to me. And I think I've forgiven them. Yes, I forgave them. Yep, I did. But he wasn't sure. He said, the only way I know, I'm going to know if I forgave them, I got to go meet them. So he got on a plane and went to Sagami Prison, 1952, where the photographer was with him. We, we have one picture. We can only find one of this. It's, it's not very good. It's, it's blurry. Y'all can put it up if you want. It's blurry, but it, it'll tell you here he is standing in front of these guards the very guards that beat him, punched him in the gut. 
smacked him, spit on him. Sounds a little familiar. <coughs> and he stood there in front of them. The guy said, what are you going to say? I don't know. And one by one, here's what he did. He went to that prisoner. He lifted him up. And you can see it. He said, it's okay. Went to the next guy and said, lift him up. He said, it's okay. And you can see it all around the room. And they all got up and started coming to him. And he's saying, it's okay. It's okay. I forgive you. It's okay. Wow, what a story of forgiveness. That's the power of God. That's the power of Jesus. Jesus gives us this great advice. If it is possible for you, live at peace with everyone. If it is possible for you, live at peace with everyone. Is it possible? Say that with me. If it is possible. Say that. If it is possible, live at peace with everyone. If it is possible with you, that's what it's saying, with you, it's you that needs to get something right today. Just as Louis did, he got that relationship right with God. When he did, then this relationship with others happened. It flowed from here to here. Some of you need this so bad today. You need that relationship with God. I know that everybody in this room, everybody at Greenville campus, everybody watching online, those of you listening probably on your iPhone, on the app, you've been hurt, right? You've been punched in the gut. You've been treated unfair. I've been that way. I'm with you. I don't have a right to be mad. I have a right to love. See, we can sit in our little self-pity today and we can feel sorry for ourselves, but I'm asking you not to do that anymore. I'm asking you to let that go. I'm asking you to take a step forward, move in the right direction with what God is asking you to do today because God is speaking to some of you today that you need to make a move. It either toward God or toward them. You need to make a change in your life today. It's the most important thing you'll ever do. God wants to use you to change the world. You say, Brian, I have a right to be mad. I know. I have a right to be mad too. I have many reasons to be mad. You don't. No, I have many reasons. I have many reasons to be angry with God. But I choose him because I know he brings peace. Do yourself a favor today, okay? Do yourself a favor and forgive. Do yourself a favor today and love. 
Do yourself a favor and run toward peace like it's the last thing you do. Run toward peace. Run toward peace. Run toward it with all you have. There's a song that said, I believe, if you want to change the world, it starts with you. It starts with you. I want you to stand with me. We're going to pray together. I want you to just close your eyes. I want to do something. This is going to be highly unusual. Um, but I want you to just hold your hands like this. And we're going to sing an old song. Because what a lot of us need to do today, we need to let it go. We need to surrender. We need to forgive. We need to move toward that reconciliation, whatever it may be. And as we sing this, I want you to let God speak to you. Okay? Let him speak to you today in an incredible way.